And we're back, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. This is Rodrigo with Real City Ambassadors. I am, I have butterflies in my stomach. I already told her before we went live. Uh, I am really happy. I'm excited. I've been working with this individual back and forth throughout the, I don't know, maybe five years. You know, she is a proud Bay Area native, a UC Berkeley Cal. She's proud to say it, alum. Uh, she's been part of the radio industry for over a decade. I've been following her probably for over a decade. Um, she's part of the Sana G Morning Show. You know, catch her on Mondays, Fridays. I have and I do, you know, giving you traffic report and more supporting, empowering the community on a day to day. You know, she doesn't stop on Saturdays, 8 a.m. Find her on KMEL in the streets, on the air. She's a trailblazer, an entrepreneur. Uh, uh, I think a fairy godmother to many. And so I give you all Lady Ray. <laughs> I feel like of like glitter or whatever coming. <laughs> Very good. That's a new one to add to the resume. Thank you, Rodrigo. I appreciate that. I know. I wish this had a filter, right? Like one of those filters with the little <laughs> glitters on Instagram. <laughs> Let's go ahead and make that a, a real thing, man. Rodrigo, hola, what's up? Thank you so much for having me. Like that intro right there, like I might need to have you on my team. <laughs> so, <laughs> give me uh intros because that was that was beautiful right there i appreciate that thank you no no it's it's really my pleasure you know and you know we've a lot of the times we've been talking um on the phone we've been doing uh via email communicating but now we get to do this and it's so yeah. dope you know you know i always want to start with the the upbringings because it helps paint a story of like who you are you yeah know? Well, first of all, I only know you as Lady Ray. Yeah. Is that your fish? Is that your No, no, name? no, no. So my my name is Raina, and uh -huh. that's where Ray comes from. And um, it was crazy because back in 03, when I kicked off my radio, um, my well, I shouldn't say kicked off because I was already doing college radio um, starting in about 2000. But in 03 is when I um, began interning at KML and I was like, man, I really want to be on air. But, you know, back then it was like, you couldn't just go on with your name. Like you had to have like a cool radio name and, um, you know, just be like this other, you know, uh, voice. Right. And so I was like racking my brain, like, what do I, who do I, what do I, you know, come up with? And so my then boyfriend, who's now my husband, um, was like, you know, you always like you, you're really, um, you know, proper and you're very like, uh, what's the word? Like he basically was like, you're, you're a lady. Like you're always, you know, uh, very complimentary and you're, you're, you're just, you're just proper all the time. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, I like that. I like that. So I ran with it and yeah. I started doing all this, like, um, imaging and like all this branding and stuff to go with it. And it, it really just stuck. And so it's, that's just, it's, it's, and what's funny is like, like you, like you said, like people don't know me outside of Lady Ray and they don't know how to like call me yeah. from afar. Yeah. And it'll be funny. I'll be walking in. I'll just hear lady. And I'm like, just call me Ray. It's good. Just Ray is good. It's fine. I'm not one of those people that's like scared of their real name. I mean, it's funny because you think about people like Ludacris who got his start in radio and um, That's he, used right. by, he used to go by Chris Lava Lava and then transition to Ludacris and then he became the actor Chris Bridges. So it's it's pretty interesting how like, you know, um, the industry works and mm -hmm. like how you come up with a name and an image. And one person who's like who's who's really like come out of that is like The Rock. You know, of you course. look at who's from the Bay Area. Got to shout oh, out. Our area. OK. Um, he used to play football in Hayward, uh, went to yeah. high school here and, you know, became the rock, right. Became this other persona. And then now it's like, he's Dwayne Johnson and he's slowly, you know, coming away from that. But it's, it's pretty interesting how you can build this, this whole persona and, um, brand. Right. And but before you were Lady Ray though, I want to, I want to, <laughs> I want to take it back a little bit. Who, uh -oh. You know, I want to like a little bit of, about your roots because, being a fr in front of a mic is not new to you from no. what I, I just learned. So can you tell us a little bit about, you know, who, you know, as a yeah. family person, your background, what was that like growing up? 
Yeah. So I, um, you know, born in the peninsula. Um, I'm kind of one of those kids that's just from all over the Bay Area. Like I've lived in all different places and, uh, you know, gone to school in different places. And I'm actually, I'm Black and Filipino. Mm-hmm. Um, so I come from a very colorful family, which is awesome. And I'm super thankful to have that because not everyone has that that um, access to multi- multicultural lifestyle in their household, right? Um, but yeah, so I, you know, I, I'm from the Bay Area is what I like to say. I grew up primarily in San Francisco, so I rep SF to the fullest mm-hmm. um, and, and just rep the city to the fullest. But the Bay Area in general has been my home and, um, you know. So if I were to I, look on a map here in San Francisco... Where yeah. what areas of San Francisco did you grow up First on? You have to give me a magnifying glass because I'm like, can we zoom in? <laughs> Let's zoom in. <laughs> so I actually spent a lot of time in Glen Park. Um Glen Park. right here. Yeah, yep, right, right there. So you kind of see how close uh Glen Park and the mission is in Excelsior, of course. Mm. Um a uh, little bit of time in the Bayview area. Um, okay. but in terms of like going to school, um, I was in Glen Park and then in the mission. And then my family, when they came from the Philippines, um, they already had some family here that was in Half Moon Bay. So I spent a lot of time in oh. Half Moon Bay and Pacifica. So uh yeah, the fog and fishing and the ocean are definitely uh a big part of my life as well. Um, I don't know. Tell you- me about about your dad. You had told me that he was yeah. oh he was traveling all over the bay. Why? He was actually traveling all over the world. So, oh. dad, I come from a musical family, and I always joke around because I like to call my dad and my uncles the the Jackson Five that has like a whole other story, right? Because they're actually pretty well known um, in San Francisco throughout the seventies. They really kicked off street performing. What was the and, name of the group or band? So they were known as the Edwards Generation. They've actually been sampled by um, a few hip hop artists that are out right now. And so they would go and they would, my grandma would knit these beanies. And so all these kids started wearing beanies in the city and like they would go out there and they needed them because they were performing in the cold, essentially. Um, And they, uh, you know, they would do everything from singing to dancing. My grandfather um, was actually a street performer all the way until before he passed away. And um, so he, you you would find him in Fisherman's Wharf playing his guitar um, out there and, and you know, people would come to see him. And actually my, my there they are, yep. They was, yeah, and so my, wow. um, my uncles and my dad, they had, you know, all these record labels trying to sign them, but they never wanted to sign because it was nothing, there weren't any offers that were coming to them that didn't require them to sign their life away, essentially. And so, they, and so they did it on their own. So they started making their own albums, selling them on the streets. And you see, they're, they're all wearing the beanies there. And so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, where's your dad? Uh, my dad in this picture is right there, and he's he's playing the guitar. This uh, one, yep. or this? He's he's right there in the front, and then um, ah. so this picture that you have here actually has, and I believe that's her in the back, my aunt. And so she really she sings too, but it's it was primarily my grandfather, and my uncles, and my dad. And so what happened was is they, you know, they were street performing, they were doing that for years, and then they started uh, touring worldwide. Yeah. And so before the age of one, I had been to Canada, Europe, Japan, um, you know, all these places. And because my dad was touring and he was mm-hmm. playing all these places. And so that part of it was really cool. Um, so I've been around the entertainment industry since before birth, basically. Wow. Um, and around music. And so what that meant is that there was always a mic around. There was always a camera around. There was always me um, just in front of people. And so I got used to it. What now, kind of music were you exposed to growing up? Oh my gosh, everything, everything. With everything. Primarily, primarily R&B, soul, funk. Um, you know, obviously that transitions into hip hop. Um, but yeah, my grandfather, um, he was actually a very well-known guitarist. Um, so much so that there is a guitarist out there now who actually credits him, uh, for teaching him 
everything he knows. And I want to pull, I wish I could pull up um, something to, to, to uh, give his information, but anyhow, so well, I say that yeah, maybe we can find uh, your grandfather. <laughs> My grandfather is Chuck Edwards and he, um, he, he was, he was definitely uh, one of those people that you're just like, wow. like he would wow. sit and kind of just shut down um, everything that was kind of going on around him. And so um, I say all that to say, like, you know, when you're around all that, it seeps into you, you know what I mean? And so music is such an important part of my daily life. Like I could be having like a terrible day and um, he's right there on the second row. Actually, he's in the, he's, he's on all of the rows. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Can I click on this one? Ooh, la, la, la. Yeah. You, that's actually my grandfather and my uh, grandma on that one. That's are you um, and so, uh, you know, I could be having like the worst day or just not really excited or about, you know, motivated and music really just can change everything. And so that's part of the reason why music is such a huge part of my, uh, you know, daily life. And so throughout the years, my, my dad and my uncles would try to get me to sing and I would be, I would be shy about that part of it. Cause I knew, you know, I could, I could hold a note. Yeah. But, and I don't need to be. But on you were in the presence of grandpa <laughs> and your dad. <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna just be back here harmonizing. But they would always try to get me to sing at their at their shows, and so I would I would kind of shy away. And so that's when I kind of transitioned into finding my voice as like the announcer, the MC, the person that could like hype up the crowd. And so that's where um, that all come came from. I sing, but I I just don't do it. In were you announcing like your your family shows or what? What, what was your first exposure to like announcing? Because I know from your bio, like you said like you and your sister would play and you know yes. imagine. My cousins and I, my cousin, we call her the documentary. Like she, she was like like the queen of documentary back in the day. Just imagine having a cousin at like the like growing up five, seven, nine years old, whatever. And you got this one cousin that's constantly record, like she got like a, a, a camcorder and that thing was everywhere. So we've got video footage of just silliness, right? And so what we figured she, out- She invented the selfies probably, for all she, we know. She, she actually should have been on MTV True Life because she was <laughs> doing documentaries like at a, such a young age. Like from, yeah. from first, it, like I said, first it started with the tape recorder, then it went, then she got- she graduated and got a camp. You know what I mean? So it was yeah, a trip. Yeah. Anyhow, um, so we figured out a way to like be on the tape deck and play music and then record ourselves and like make it sound like we were doing an actual radio show. And we would take requests and, you know, we would all act and like pretend to be the caller and, you know, just just fun. And then so once I got to college, um, you know, coming in as a freshman, you go to all these different um or at least I did, because I was the nerd that was like, I want to be in every like club or, you know, I want to meet as many people. Right. And so one of the clubs was that I had gone to, they, I got a flyer and they were like, oh, we have a radio station on campus. And I was like, for real? And the thing that sold me on it was that they said, um, if you if you join after a certain amount of time, we'll give you the opportunity to announce the sports games. And then Whoa. if you do that, then you get to travel with the team. And I was like, what? I get to travel. <laughs> Wait, what was the name of the club? Was it the radio? What was the club? It was, it was, it was just Calex. It was the radio station Calex. And so that was the um, the radio station club. Um, mm. But I was like, oh my God, I get to travel. And one of the stops is Hawaii. I, I want to do that. And mind you, I probably would have been the worst sports announcer back then because I watched sports, but I wasn't like, you know, I probably would have been calling wrong calls left and right. So yeah. anyhow, I, I went in with the mindset of I want to be a sports announcer and I want to travel with the team. But what what they said was, well, you have to do news first. And so I did news and I actually mm. loved it. Um, it was a live newsroom at a college, of course. Um, so you'd come in, you'd have to research all your stories. You'd have like a big whiteboard. Like it's everything you saw growing up in the movies. And you're like, yeah. oh my God. Like we're breaking news, like you know, and we're a college radio station, right? And so, um, you know, you we we it was really like uh, what's the word rigid new like serious news, right? And then because right. like, all of us wanted to have you know fun, and we were like all personalities and stuff, and so we would cut away from that and we would do silly stuff like horoscope, but then like we have different um 
characters and things like that. So it was fun. Um, and what is the, what is the, the I don't know, uh, news coverage that you're most proud of or that stood out the most for you during your Cal years? <laughs> I mean, I would I would cover everything from like international to national news and then obviously like stuff that was happening on campus. Mm -hmm. But I will never forget that this one story that I did. So there was a couple um, and it was in the Midwest somewhere and they decided that they were going to have a date in the fields. OK. And so, right. <laughs> and so they ended up having sex in the field and <laughs> fell asleep. And awoke to a tractor coming and literally almost slicing them, essentially. Um, you know, one of those tractors that's like grinding. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so the whole story was, is that they, you know, they're in the middle of this field, but, you know, bucket naked. <laughs> almost got ran over. Yeah. And actually, I think one of them did actually get injured in this story. <laughs> but it was just like you know, stuff like that. I was like, what am I, you know, we're covering all kinds of stuff, right? And so that that part of it was fun. I don't um, think I'm married, first of all, because then that would be one hell of a story. Otherwise, you probably don't they won't tell that story anymore. Yeah, I don't think I think I don't think that relationship lasted. <laughs> we're, we're, we're meant to be, we survived the tractor, tractor by naked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was, I mean, like I said, it was. And then we had stuff on campus that was happening because, you know, Cal is a very, um, you know, progressive campus and we're constantly, um, you know, standing up for things and fighting for, you know, various causes. And so we were covering a lot of that stuff, too. And then actually back then I was still dancing. So I, I did hip hop dance back then. So between dancing, being on the radio and then classes, like I was. Mm -hmm. yeah. The uh, social justice aspect uh from cal was that something new to you or was that something that you were surrounded by because of san francisco bay or family yeah so social justice has always kind of just been a part of my fabric um mm -hmm. i mean like i said coming from a diverse uh multicultural household like it was always kind of weaved into me um but really i started doing it on my own in high school because mm -hmm. um you know, like I said, I grew up in San Francisco, which is a pretty culturally diverse um, city. And to go from that to high school, where it was predominantly uh, white, very segregated, which to me was like culture shock in the opposite, right? Because I came into this campus, you know, already being multicultural. Yeah. And then yeah. to walk in and be like, okay, well, my Black friends are over here. My Latino friends are over here. Like mm -hmm. my Filipino friends are over here. How come? Why don't y'all all kick it? Like, what's what's really going on? Right. And that really stood out to me. And so, um, my cousin and I actually founded a Black Student Union because um, there hadn't been one on, cam on campus. And then we also um, started working with um, the Latino Sonidos Club and then the API Club, the Asian Pacific Islanders Club, to really get people active. And yeah. then we created a multicultural day. Um, we created a multicultural fundraiser, which was like all of us bringing like all of our traditional foods and selling them and then using that money to like push into other events and things like that. And so, because I mean, really, uh, where did Rodrigo, you go for high school? What'd you say? Oh, uh, what high school or where did you go? I went to high school at Concord high. And so right. okay. when I moved, like I said, when I moved out there mm -hmm. in the late nineties, there were still kids, um, coming to school with Confederate t-shirts. And that's oh, not cool. Yeah. And so when I, you know, encountered that, I was like, we can't just, that can't just be okay. Like we have to mm -hmm. educate folks and let them know. Cause, cause really at that age, like you're not, you're not necessarily uh, in a place of hate. You're more so in a place of like uh, miseducation, ignorance, and, and, and just following what you're mm -hmm. seeing around. And so if you if you take the time to educate folks, then they can make the decision for themselves to really not let that hate seep into their heart and, um, you know, become, you know, a more cultured person and a more, um, you know, basically. Did you travel a lot, when, you know, elementary, middle, high school years? 
I know you I'm, did uh, when you were like a baby. You said you traveled yeah. with your family, your dad, yeah. especially because he performed. But what about in between? I mean, we traveled. I mean, we had family vacations. I, mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm always thankful because my dad, um, you know, while he was a musician, he was also an accountant. And so he actually um, was an accountant for a cruise line. And so we would go on cruises to Hawaii every year. And that was like our vacation. And so I was, I was traveling in that sense. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very fortunate and thankful to just be exposed to culture, you know, through my family and through yeah. the traveling that we did do. Okay. I was just, you know, I'm just curious to know kind of, uh, you know, what the world was like for you in like high school, like what was your understanding of the world? Cause like you said, a lot of the, you know, your peers, uh, you know, some of them have been exposed and have this wider sense of what culture is, what, you know, what identity is, but uh, I yeah. wanted to know from you, you know, I have this, uh, this photo, is this from high school too? Uh-oh. 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 <laughs> what yeah. year is that? <laughs> First off, whoever took that picture caught me in like a mid blink. Uh, <laughs> this is me, probably. I think I was going to like a homecoming dance. This is freshman year. Uh -huh. um, and as you can tell, I didn't have, I probably just wanted to wear that dress. And my mom forced me to put that jacket on, which was hers, because you could tell by them shoulder pads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't no 13 year old going to the store buying. So that's, that's my mom's jacket. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, I was getting ready to go to my first, I think it was like homecoming or something like that. And um, yeah, it's it's crazy when you look back because you're just like all these, you know, like you said, you, you're you're newly married, which again, congratulations on that. Um, you know, as you start to like get into your marriage years and you're an adult now, you're trying to be a grown up. <laughs> memories and you're like, whoa, that was some time ago. Sheesh. Um, and, and like I said, and, and actually I brought up a funny story earlier since we're talking about dances right now. Yeah. Halloween is right around the corner. I don't know, um, if you remember the high school Maceteer, um, of yeah, so Mac, the arts. yeah, so, so my, one of my homegirls went to Mac and then we brought my cousin who went to Lowell and we were all going to meet for this dance is one of our first, um, dances, at least my first dance at McAteer, right? Because I'd gone to a bunch of them and it was Halloween. And so I thought, hello, it's Halloween. Throw on your costume. You're supposed to look your best when you show up. Yeah. And I was telling you earlier the embarrassment that I felt for like a hot second because I pulled up, jumped out of the car, the car speeds away. And I look and I'm like, <laughs> oh, ain't nobody got a costume. They try to look cute. <laughs> it was a full on costume. That thing was a full dress. I was a spider queen. It had a full dress. It had a cape. It had one of those, like, the funnel type uh, <laughs> collars that went up like this. Oh, no. I thought to myself for that split second, I said, I could sit here and be embarrassed and not enjoy myself. Or I could rock the heck out of this and have a good time. And guess what? I had a great time. Yes. It's it's really just about your perspective and just, you know. Did you win the Halloween costume contest? Now you know it wasn't no contest because it wasn't nobody else dressed. And if they did have a contest, if I didn't win, it was about to be problems. But yeah, it, it, was, it, was, it, it was a little difficult to dance. But you make it work. You make it work. I was like, yeah. I said my tape down here. Is it cool? <laughs> Oh my lord! Okay, so the entertainment business was not new to you. Um, you go into Cal, yeah, knowing that you wanted to go into radio through this uh, program or club, yeah. And then, how did you slowly meander yourself into KMEL? Yeah, so you know, being from the Bay Area, um, we all listened to Bay Area radio, and we grew up with with a lot of the Bay Area legends. And so I was like, okay, I, I want to, here's where I want to work. And so what do I do? I research and I try to figure out who to, who to contact, who do I um, get in touch with? And so I found um, the Cameo Morning Show at that time was Chewy Gomez. I found his producer's contact information. What'd you say? Oh, shout out to Chewy Gomez. Yeah, for sure. Shout out to Chew. Um, but yeah, so I was like, let me just email this producer and see what happens. And you know, you the only way you get things is by 
going after them, right? And so mm-hmm. I literally emailed this dude and was like, hey, I'm a college student. I am currently doing college radio. I would love to be in commercial radio. How do I get started? What do I do? And he actually emailed me back. And so who, and he's actually a friend of mine to this day. Um, and I, you know, he was like, hey, if you can be here at six in the morning, come on down and we'll check, we'll interview. And I was like, mm-hmm. can I be there at six? Yes, I could be there at six in the morning. Yeah. Um, and you know, with morning radio, it's really actually it's <laughs> with most stuff, it's really the showing up. Mm. And when you show up, things are gonna happen for you, right? And so morning radio, being there at six in the morning and coming every day is really um what what makes the difference. And so I came and I showed up and it worked out perfectly for me because I could do radio in the morning. And then still, because, you know, college classes don't right. normally don't start till like 10 or 11, right? right? So I would get up at four, go do the radio show, have like an hour to like commute and get food or whatever, and then go to my classes and then do homework. And so it was like a full schedule. Where um, was 106 Cameo located? Or is it still in the same place? We're still in the same place. We're still in downtown San Francisco, right near where the Giants play at. Um we we currently have the brightest building on the block. I like to think because it's a bright red, um, and uh, yeah, we're we're definitely right still here? in there. yeah that bright building that you see right there. Couldn't have been any brighter. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> and you know, since since it's the iHeartRadio building, we of course have other radio stations broadcasting from there. Mm-hmm. Um, now that we're currently living in this COVID uh, reality. Um, a lot of us aren't are able to work from home, which I'm super thankful for because you know I have a 10 month old. I'm I recently came back from maternity leave, and so it's been, um, you know, as we we navigate our way through this pandemic and and all that it comes with, we have to find the positives and we have to yeah. find the the value in all of this. And so, what's been positive for folks like me is. You know, I can be close to my kids and work from home. Mind you, have you a whole radio setup. I have a I have a mini studio setup, uh-huh. um, and so I have a about a minute and thirty second commute. Um, <laughs> 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 it's different. It's completely uh-huh. different from before because I was commuting. Um, you know, anywhere if there was traffic, it could be anywhere from like mm. an hour to two and a half hours, right? Mm. Um, so this has been like, I'm super thankful for this opportunity to be able to work from home. Now, like I said, it's also a challenge for folks that have kids that are like social distancing or distance learning, you know, they're in the same space as you as you're trying to get work done. And, you know, you're, you're on a zoom call and you got a, a toddler in the back jumping around, you got a toddler spilling your your drink everywhere, and so I, you know, thankfully, um, have been able to create a little bit of separation where I'm like in a different room where there's an actual door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> With like a signage, don't bother, mama. <laughs> don't come over here. Um, but you know, because if my kids are so young that if they see me, they're crying and they want to be near me, and so it's like it's it's and, and, and as a mom, it's like heart wrenching because you're like, oh, why is my kid crying? You know. And you want to be close to them. Um, and then I also had some health issues coming out of my last pregnancy. So it's been really nice to be able to work from home and heal up. And um, like I said, be close to the kids. And mind you, we're living in this new COVID reality, which yeah. don't get dressed from the waist up. I mean, only get dressed. <laughs> you don't know what, what's going on. And that's all good. <laughs> what's going on below the desk. I've had friends. Yeah, they have like jumped on Zoom conference calls, and they're like, "I don't think I've put on pants in a month." And I'm like, "I didn't need to know that number one, because you could have just been sitting there, uh, yeah, whatever." But it's crazy because everyone's getting used to this whole new life of like being home, and um, you know, I'm I'm like, I'm like, you have to put a shower on the list of things to do. Like, you have to. Because you can really easily just be at the house and like not take a shower for three days, and you're the only person. Yeah. yeah. Let me let me go back just real <laughs> quick. So I want to know what was your first impression of uh, what well, what were the first words that Chewy Gomez told you, and what was your first impression of this studio 
KMEL. I really don't remember what his first words were to me, uh-huh. um, but I'm sure it was probably something, you know, real smart, smart, um, was, I don't want to say smart assy, if that's uh-huh. even but he's yeah. always jokes. Um, but um, the one thing that I remember going into the studio, because like, you know, when you when you listen to the radio, you just think, oh, this person, you know, who's talking is in like a dark room. They've got like the ambiance and the setup and everything. And, and they're like, you know, doing this whole show. And so I didn't I, I coming in, I was like, that's what it's got to be. Right. And Chewy is one of those people who like actually like creates the scene in the studio. Like he would burn incense and uh-huh. he would like have the lights a certain way. And so so he was from that that um that kind of like old school mentality of like the studio has to be your like your stage, right? Yeah. Um yeah. and I do remember coming into the room and being like, Oh, okay, it's kind of this is it. Like, is there more? Is this <laughs> it's really just like a little yeah, it's a yeah. you got your mic. And you know that's about it. Um, I'm trying to think. The one thing that I do remember is on my very first day, I came up to the building and I was like, "That's JT the bigger figure." And nah, so the bigger figure no was, way. yeah, he was coming there for an interview, and so both he and I were at the door, and I was like, "I don't know why you're waiting. You're JT the bigger figure. Like they should, you know." And so it was really just the security wasn't there to let us in. And so he let us both in. And so I got to ride the elevator with him and ask him questions and stuff like that. So my mind already was like, oh, I'm just going to be meeting people left to right. Like, that's just, this is just how it's going to be. And so that was, that was a really cool part about it. Um, and and that's, that's a big, you know, that's maybe a big, well, that's a part of it. But what's the other side? What's your day-to-day prepping, creating, imagining, and delivering? What was that? What does that look like? It's it's all of that. And I've been doing it for so long now that it like it's it's pretty rapid. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, you know, once you kind of get into like a um, a rhythm, it's really just living your life and soaking up everything that's going on around you and then delivering it. Right. Because, mm-hmm. you know, one thing I like to think about is like we're regular people just like everyone else right and we just happen to be talking about it and bringing people together through music through current events and um you know trying to keep people informed and or just entertained right and so part of it is you know i watch the news like everyone does i Mm. watch movies i watch television i try to be doing the same things that my audience is going to be doing um and 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 listening to the music and just thinking about how I feel about certain things. And so a lot of it is just like living life. Um, and then there's there's a lot of prep. You know, you do have to speed through a lot of stuff. And that part of it gets kind of can can be um, tedious. And it can right. also be emotional too, because, um, you know, we might only bring you one topic or one story or one, you know, but I might've had to read 10, 15, 20 stories and how many of those are negative how many of those have to do with crime or murder or death just in general yeah Yeah. you're kind of like emotionally up and down a lot um and so you just you just have to know how to navigate that and um it, it like i said it's it's definitely i've been like talking to a listener about something really sad and then have to jump on the radio and sound upbeat within like a second and so you have you have to be able to turn it on and off. And so, um, you know, now that we're in this pandemic um, space, a lot of people are talking about the importance of mental health. And this is a conversation that I've been having with folks for years, because as people of color, um, and and I'm happy to say that now there's not such a uh, huge stigma around it as it had been, but we really do need to seek mental health you know, whether it's mental health therapy, mental health, um, uh, uh, positive practices, things to do on a daily basis to keep yourself just kind of, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a productive space. Is this a message that now you can also promote on the radio since it's less of a stigma? Yeah, I have been promoting this message on air outside of like, you, you, you might not know it's me doing it because another part of my job, um, you know, I am on air, but another part of my job is um, behind the scenes and it's community engagement. And that part of it is being the community engagement director for iHeart in San Francisco. And so that means like 
you know, working with all of our radio stations on anything kind of nonprofit related, anything kind of, um, you know, charitable kind of give back. I, I work with, um, all of our stations. This right here is mostly like stuff that I do with KMEL, um, going yeah. out to events, um, speaking to uh, this is youth radio, I think. Yeah. So, so I also um, back when we were in studio and able to be around people, <laughs> wow. um, I would actually um, host uh, career career days and tours, and so different organizations that have like you know, a career exploration piece or, you know, they're just trying to show kids what what's out there. Um, I would invite them to come in and, and visit our studios and, um, you know, check out our our space and, and understand what we do on a day to day basis. So, um, you know, that side of it, that's the other part of it, because you asked, like, what does my day to day look like? That mm -hmm. part of it, is like talking to nonprofit organizations, talking to community leaders, talking, you know, to our honor staff and really understanding like what are the issues facing our community and how we can bring them to our airwaves um, to promote, you know, uplifting things. And so that might be, you know, um, working with you and and talking about Latino task force and the amazing yeah. work that you're doing in the community to, um, you know, some carnival. Hold on, hold on. Or, or it could be carnival, you know, bringing arts and culture and all of that to the community and, and how our radio stations can help turn on the mic and promote the, that messaging. So that part of it is really cool because, you know, I get to work with organizations that are doing all this great work in the community and giving back. And it's part of my job. The part of it that is, that can be um, taxing is, you know, you know this well, um, working with communities that are underserved and don't necessarily have the resources can be challenging um, and it can be emotionally draining as well. But you 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 have to look at the value um, that you're providing to the community and that your organization is providing to the community and, and in that kind of get that um, that inner, you know, fulfillment. Right. Do you feel like, um, you know, you our bodies hold weight in spaces, right? This is an industry that is it safe to say it's mainly male driven or has it changed? It's slowly changing, but, but yeah, it's, it's, it is male driven. And how do you see yourself in that? Because, you know, you're a, a woman of color, you know, and you show up mm -hmm. and you talk about mm -hmm. your experience in this industry and how you've mm -hmm. succeeded for over a decade. You know, yeah. what does that feel like? for you to give back and for a lot of people identify with you. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I personally, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be in this position. Um, but it's, it's, like I said, it has its challenges. It has its days where I'm like, okay, we got to do this again. We have to have this conversation again. We have mm -hmm. to have this, you know, um, but we do, we do have to have these conversations again. We do have to have events like this girls festival um, with worldwide women, which is an amazing organization that highlights all these organizations that are doing great things for girls and women and putting them in spaces where they weren't normally seen. And um, how are you involved? So with, with worldwide women and girls yeah. festival, um, I, I did a lot of background work in the sense of like, you know, helping them get their messaging out, promote the event, um, and just let, let young ladies know that it was happening because we have some really cool events that happen. And a lot of times it's like, maybe you just didn't see the post about it or you didn't hear about it. And so that's, what's really cool is that we can use our radio stations to promote, you know, Hey, we have this, um, festival coming up. And so I would help on the promotion and the marketing side. And then, um, more recently, I was able, this, this last one fell yeah. on a time when I could go and I actually was able to go and the festival was really cool. And I'm not saying this just from like a, a female perspective. Like I think guys should come out too and check it out because they were doing everything from showing young girls how to change a tire to, um, uh, showing them how to create like a marketing campaign. Wow. They I, I hosted a panel with, um, a a um reporter from abc7 i also had a makeup artist on my panel and she's done makeup for like major films out there most recently i don't know if you saw the irishman um with robert de niro and and so she didn't she did um uh like like a lot of the the makeup and and um 
kind of crafting that goes on with the imagery, imaging and the scenes. And so just showing folks that like, you know, as a woman, you can be in this industry. And the really cool thing about it is, and there, there's actually the panel. I don't know if you um, know, but Lucas Films is actually in San Francisco. Yep. And so, you know, these are major films uh, or, or projects that are coming out of San Francisco. Um, Deborah was actually, she's, she's part, she actually used to dance back in the day, like with Paula Abdul. And so she, she actually had been in the industry for many years. And so she came to the mindset or realized, and she actually battled with it too, that there was this negative body imagery thing going on with dancers and, and folks in the entertainment mm. industry created her organization. Um, but I mean, you know, you have this space of like all these really cool things that the girls get to um, try out for the day and they meet really amazing women that are doing like really out of this, out of this world stuff. And, and it's just a cool event to be a part of. And the really cool part about it for, for me for this year or last year that I was able to go is I was actually pregnant at the time and I was pregnant with my daughter. And so it was like, Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm starting wow. her, you know, in the womb. Um, yeah. You know, really, understanding that that she, she's got to come in and and blow it up and, and become the next generation of women to do really great things where Ooh. was it located where was the right. event taking place where did the exactly. event take place it was actually at palace of fine arts um in in the city um actually it was in the old exploratorium building i take that back um mm -hmm. And so it's it's a pretty big space um if you've ever been to the old exploratorium and um it, it was just like i said mind-blowing pretty cool event um to be a part of was that the same as this event that is yeah that's that event right there and so that little girl is standing in <laughs> and i you if she wasn't standing there you could totally see my um belly bump and abc7 oh. was there and so they were giving girls the opportunity to um do like a mock weather report and so i was like can i do a no mock way. weather and so i went up and i did a uh mock weather report and i don't know if you've ever done anything on a green screen because mm -hmm. it's literally like you're trying to point to stuff and like look at the screen at the same time and so it was pretty cool and it was nice to see all these young women and young ladies out there trying it and trying you know getting hands-on experiences with all these different careers mm. Um, let me bring you, let's bring ourselves back to, to this world. Okay. You know, I mean, I know they inter, they intermingle. Um, mm -hmm. and, you know, this is like, you know, this is like, I would be fainted in the back of this <laughs> photo. I was in that. Exactly. You see that little, there's like a little block. Do you see that? That's you on the, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my shoe right over there. Fainted like, oh my God, that's too much. Can you well, tell me about the photo and the Bay Area legends, including yourself? Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, being being that we're doing Bay Area radio in the Bay Area, we oftentimes have, you know, these legends and these ambassadors and these icons stop through. And I remember, you know, back in my intern days being in the studio and E40, you know, back when we used to have what we call um, like jingles. You remember jingles? Like you'd, you'd, you'd hear like a 30... 30 seconds to like a minute of a rapper, you know, introducing a show or introducing a, um, an element on the show. And so I remember being there one day and E40 was in the studio and they were like, oh, he's going to be there for a minute. And we're like, what? He's working on his jingles. And so he, he was there probably for a few hours and, you know, E40, when he, he goes around, he used to carry a bottle of Carlo Rossi everywhere he went and he would have his Rossi in the studio and he was there and he was, he was creating all these jingles for all the jocks. And I was like, I can't wait to the day when I get to be a part of a show and I get to have these rappers or these artists put me in their jingles. And so this was kind of like the fruition of that because I was part of the morning show at this point. Prior to that, I, I was producing, and so I was I was a part of the show, but I was more on the on the background, mm -hmm. uh, behind the scenes. And so here, I was actually a voice on the show. I was one of the co-hosts. Um, and at this point, I think this is when they had a project come out together, 
And so they both decided they were going to come into the studio and um, do an interview to, to promote the, the drop of the project. And for whatever reason that day, Miss Kimmy would always bring in like little, like we would just do silly stuff for each other, like little gifts or whatever. And she had found um, <laughs> single serving spam. And so it literally came and there's a picture out there floating somewhere of like this single serving spam. Oh, good. I had it next to my computer um, as we were doing the interviews. And so I took an, a, a separate picture with two short and we're holding up the spam because it was like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm half Filipino and spam is like a huge yeah. <laughs> it's a yeah. pretty breakfast item. And so I couldn't believe that she had found a single. And first of all, I was like, who wants a single serving anyway? Uh-huh. More than one slice, but it was cute. Um, well, people will recognize these two faces, you know, maybe true going, who, who, who else is. We got, we, of course, Chewy Gomez pointing in the front, E40 mm-hmm. short. Uh, mm-hmm. Behind me is DJ Mind Motion. Mind Motion. Um, he definitely ha- has put like a a stamp on mixing. And and sometimes I'll hear different sound effects that people use in their mixes. And I'm like, you got that from Mind Motion. Quit playing. Oh. Um, and so he's, he's definitely... Uh, a force to be reckoned with when it comes to mixing and DJing and Chewy as well. Chewy's been DJing for for many many moons, and then of course one of my one of my favorite people in the world, uh, Miss Kimmy, uh, to my you know on the on the side mm-hmm. there right as well. And it was it was such an honor to sit with these people every morning, um, be one of the first people you probably see in the morning. Which by the way, most people are not awake yet. <laughs> and we have to be there like 5 5 30 in the morning and so to wake up with these people for how many years we did it was was such an honor and yeah. we had our days where we'd get on each other's nerves and um but for the most part it was such a family atmosphere and i was very very saddened um when it all came to an end because for me it was like i got to do radio which is one of the things i love and a job at that with my friends, you know what I mean? People yeah. who I really, you know, have friendships with and people who I <clears throat> look up to and put in a position of like mentorship. Right. And so mm. that to me was, was really awesome. And then to be able to do it um, in, in, in my home, like most people have to leave. Most people have to go to different markets to, to launch their radio career. San Francisco is actually the fourth largest market in the nation. Um, oh, didn't know that. Do it at home and not have to go to a really small city, rural city that I've never been to before, and then climb my way up. Um, I was able to do it here and then climb my way up that way. So that, what that makes it a large market? Population size, okay. um, and also just our um, our our spending, um, especially uh, you know, like with with the tech boom, we have. Mm-hmm of a share here but tip it but it's based basically uh population size got it yeah. i'm gonna show people oh sorry you were saying i'm gonna say ahead of us is only um you know new york la and uh chicago so mm. we're we're definitely to be reckoned <laughs> i want to speaking of a force to be reckoned i just want to show you off a little bit um with you know just some photos people know you know where you've been okay. If you can't tell right there, we're close to the same height. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> ouch. Ouch, Kevin. No, not at all, because he is a small dude in height, yeah. but he was a big, big person in personality and heart. And so that I had to I had to point that out. Oh wow. That, okay, I have to talk about this interview right okay. here because I'm such a dance hall head. Like I was so excited. <laughs> to have Sean Paul in studio. And I was like, oh my God, he's so, he's so awesome. I had, you know, I loved Sean Paul. I still do. Um, and so he actually recorded my voicemail. And so that was my voicemail for years, for years. And I don't know if you know, but when you lose your phone, uh-huh. it's kind of lose stuff sometimes. And so yeah. I, I, I'm still trying to figure out if I can somehow recoup that, but wow. he did so for years i had sean paul like leave a message you know it's pretty dope can okay you, can so you can you uh, imitate him i'm not even gonna try oh, that yeah. was <laughs> no but the funny part about that interview was that he had um an assistant with him and the assistant was like oh we have some promo items that we want to give you guys you know uh-huh. to promote the album 
Rodrigo, I was like, what do I do with this? He had a Sean Paul pair. It was a thong. <laughs> but the thong part that's supposed to go in your booty crack was like a was like um it was like like a silver I, I don't even know not cloth is what I'm trying to say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is this going in because it's not going in my shampoo? I love you, Dad. But whoever chose oh. silver <laughs> encrusted. Uh, fake diamonds to go in the butt part. I was like, yeah, this is going on a wall somewhere. But I was that was a trip. That was definitely. Tell me you framed it somewhere. I have it somewhere. It it, <laughs> it was not worn. <laughs> it's still sparkly clean. Um, there's this oh, one. Gosh. This one. This one was a summer jam. This one was, there was a certain level of, uh, I don't want to say embarrassment, but just a certain level of, I had to, I had to, I had to, yeah. So I had a huge crush on uh, Drake. This is even prior to him becoming a rapper. I was watching him on um, Degrassi. Degrassi back in the day. Ah. And so, yeah, yeah. So they were like, oh, he's coming. He's going to do an interview. And I, and I, they all knew that I had a huge crush on him. And so I was like, I'm, I'm not going to be in the room because I'm going to be, I'm going to be blushing. I should probably be somewhere else. And mm -hmm. so during the interview, I let the interview start. And then I kind of crept in quietly and I was watching in the back. And I was like, cool. No one knows I'm here. Cool. And somehow, I don't know if it was Sana or Chewy, somebody locked eyes with me and I was like, no. And they were like, hey, Drake, one of our um, staff members has a really huge push on you. How about we bring her up here? And I was like, no. So they brought me up on stage and Drake then starts coming closer to me. He's hugging me. He's like staring me in the eyes. And I'm like, this is, this is awesome. But at the same time, I'm like, oh my God, this is so embarrassing because, you know, I'm, I have, you know, at that time he was my boyfriend. He's my now husband, but I was like, this is so embarrassing. Cause he sees me here blushy. Like, you know what I mean? And <laughs> you have to interview him or what did you do? I, yeah, we were, they were doing an interview. They just wanted to get, get me up there. To me. I was like, stop looking at me. You know, he was like doing like trying to snuggle up to me and like, you know, just trying to, you know, make me more nervous. And so like, Two weeks after that, the promo that was running on the radio was make sure to tune in to see how embarrassed Lady Ray, or, you know, see what happened when Lady Ray went great. And my boyfriend or my husband now had to deal with that for two weeks. And I was like, I'm so sorry. He was just, he was just, he was just a nice person. <laughs> One of my favorite artists all around. Jadena. Very cool. I've him a few times in the Bay. We protested yeah. with him down Mission Street. Yeah, he's, he's just a gentleman. He's like the he'll be like your 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 sidekick. Your lady, <laughs> way, he's the gentleman, Jadena. <laughs> yeah, we we would we uh, he's he's such a cool dude. Like he and he's from here, um, yeah, grown as well. And arch nemesis Stanford. Okay, yeah. Then there's that, but <laughs> but um, no, he's he's definitely a very he's such a gentleman. Like. And what was interesting, and th the reason I'm in his dressing room is because <laughs> around that time, I had embarked on this like health challenge to lose like a huge amount of weight, which I'm actually doing right now to, to get off the two babies that I that I birthed. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I had embarked on this health challenge because, you know, you know, coming from being a woman of color, high blood pressure, diabetes, all of that runs rampant in our communities. And so right. I was like, to get this weight off and so um i after this point had had lost about 70 pounds but at this point where the pictures are i think i was down probably about 25 almost 30 pounds and the reason i'm in his dressing room is because i walked by um going to the stage to introduce somebody and i look and i'm like what are they doing so he and the gentleman below were doing like a full-on it was almost like an African um, like ritual circle. Like they were just like pounding on their chest. They both had their shirts off, sweating, you know, but this was their ritual to get ready to go on stage. And so when I walked by, I was like, I need to be a part of that. Like how? And so I came back and I was like, oh my God, I saw you guys. And they were like, oh, you saw that? They were so embarrassed. Oh, and I dude, I was like, what were y'all doing? Like, I need to be a part of whatever haka that was. Uh -huh. 
Like I want to be, because I mean, they were like full on hitting their yeah. chest. And I was like, and I was telling them, you know, I had just started this challenge. And so they were just, we, we basically were just geeking out in the, in the room. And I was just appreciative that they let me come in and hang out. And um, like I said, both of them gentlemen to the fullest, to the fullest. Of course. Oh, gosh. Uh, Mr. Oh, Mr. Mr. <laughs> Trey. We've known Trey songs since he was the, the scrawny little kid with the braids. And oh, no. <laughs> so when he first came out, I was still um, doing traffic for Chewy. And I'm on the mic and I'm I'm delivering my traffic report. And, you know, when I do traffic, I go really fast because I only mm -hmm. have a time i heard you said all i remember is trey songs was in my ear whispering and like sticking his tongue out he was like blah, 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 just but you couldn't hear him on the air oh. and so to this day like every time i see him i'm like you remember that time when you tried to throw me off when i was doing traffic and so he he's like i said he's one of those folks that i'm you know thankful to be a part of if anything if anyway helping to get his music out there because he is a really cool dude, a really genuine dude. Um, and he deserves, you know, all the, all the success that comes to him. Mm. So I want to do two exercises before we, we say adios for now. Yeah. Um, I want to go through a, a list of five, seven, maybe 10 artists and just some words that stand out to you when you think of them, or maybe when you, you met them or interviewed them, you know what I mean? <laughs> So, and these are folks that I know you've uh, crossed paths and if there if there's anyone I miss and you just want to shout out for sure. So, um, Jada Pinkett Smith. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> I, this story, I just have to, I don't know if you want, you want me to tell a word or a story. <laughs> Go for it. I think this deserves a story and the word. So I had the opportunity during my 20s, like I said, when I was more behind the scenes, I got to travel a lot and cover a lot of different premieres and things like that um, for the radio station. So one of them was to cover Jada Pinkett had this show where she was playing a doctor and they flew us out to L.A. and they said, hey, we want you to interview Jada Pinkett and we want you to promote the show. And I was like, "Uh, yeah, I'll be there. So I go and um my now husband went with me and um we walk into this room and they would do these these the, they still do these junkets typically at hotels and so they had set up this hotel ballroom to have like different radio stations set uh sections and so they had these big huge red velvet curtains around them so that each radio station would have their own like mini studio almost right and so I go into this room and I'm like, okay, I'm here to interview Jada Pinkett, right? That's who I'm who I'm prepared to meet and interview. And I walk in and I'm like, I look at my husband, I'm like, that is Will Smith. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so Jada Pinkett and Will Smith were just standing there in this room waiting for us to interview. No. And so I had luckily I had those red velvet curtains to go behind because I went and geeked out. Cause I was like, oh my God, like he won the first hip hop Grammy. Like he's, he is like hip hop. He's right yeah. there. And he, like I said, they were both super nice, super down to earth. Um, and it was just a great opportunity to meet them both. So a word or two that Jada Pinkett Smith that describes her for you. Um, I would say, I always would say, um, just strong. She's just always mm. stood out to me as a very strong um, individual. Just, you know, she yeah. just, she just, it exudes strength to me. Uh, Will, and Will, Will Smith. Uh, <laughs> and there's so many words that come to mind for him. <laughs> but I would have to say, um, I don't know, for whatever reason, humanitarian or just human just comes mm. out. He's just a he's just himself and he's just a good human being and um a fun human being. Like he's, mm. he's like he sat there, he stood there and joked with us and, and chatted with us and Jada uh for a few minutes. So my husband and I have a picture with him and he was just it was just like you're just like how yeah. you and I were in a conversation yeah. just around and it was Will Smith. It was okay. it was dope. Alicia Keys uh, concepts. <laughs> I would just say beautiful. She's just a beautiful person, mm. all around. Super Let's nice. Come back to Jadena, the gentleman. Jadena, <laughs> gentleman. Uh, I would say, um, I would just say royal. Royal mm. comes to mind. That's a, when good I think. That's a good one. I've yeah. seen his performances. J. Cole. 
Uh, <laughs> that interview, I'm gonna, I've said it before. I still apologize. I for even, I, I was, I didn't even do anything. I know it. Okay. But he walked out of our interview because oh. my coach at the time asked him a very inappropriate question about his his manlyhood and that he shouldn't have done that. That was too far. But anyhow, um, I would say for for J. Cole, I, so many words come to mind, but I would just say lyricist. Mm. T.I. Uh, <laughs> T.I., I would say educator. He's constantly educating. Yeah, yeah, Tyrese. Um, I would, I would, I would probably just say vocalist. He's. I will never ever be able to scrub the memory of him doing the Coca Cola commercials from my brain ever. <laughs> what about Smokey Robinson? Um, I would say mesmerizing. His eyes are Ooh. mesmerizing. Mm. Miguel? Um, family. I would say family. He grew up with, with my family, and so we kind of had that connection. And he's just he's just always been a super down-to-earth person. And the last two, so too short. Um, I would say innovator because he took selling out of the trunk to a whole new level. And last but not least, he forwarded it. Uncle Earl, uh, <laughs> I would say one word that comes to mind when I think of him would be um, verbalist. Mm -hmm. that, that guy has, has, he's created some words that people all over the world use and don't even realize that they haven't given credit to Uncle Earl. That's funny. And I always ask these questions. What's your favorite street? In the Bay, um, my favorite street in the <laughs> that's or a big streets. Thing. I'm gonna say San Francisco streets because there's just so many streets. Okay, if we're saying Bay Area, then Telegraph, of course, in Berkeley. Um, in San Francisco, I would have to say Venice, um, mm -hmm. because it goes like you can go all the way to the water and then all the way be um, and most a lot of the streets do that, but Venice has like ending points that I love. Um, and yeah, I'd say those two are probably my, my two favorites. So we just showed Telegraph Street, Berkeley, and that's because it's, it crosses, uh, that's just cause Cal. I'm, I'm a cow. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a bear to the heart and Telegraph is, is just, if you don't, if you've never walked Telegraph, you, you need to make that happen. Like you, you're going to see everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah what about restaurants restaurants um there's so many restaurants and i, know. I am a self-proclaimed foodie but if i had to choose um i would say sunflower in potrero if you if you like vietnamese food you must go there um if you like and, I, and i'm probably gonna stay in the in on the asian side of things for a moment if you like um, Thai food, Champa Garden in Oakland. Oh, yes. I love Champa. Oh, my God. And so Champa. No, Oakland or San Francisco? I prefer Oakland because it was their you first know. location. But I, I lived a block away from there. Did you really? Yep. You know, a lot of people don't know. It's such a hidden gem because it, it literally is. goes like house, house, Champa, house, yep. house. Um, but it's so good. I actually, you know, we went there a couple weeks ago and I was like, we got to get out the house. And so we got our food and we just parked by the lake and ate. And it was like old school, uh, you know, feeling like you're in high school again or college. Uh, but Tampa is so good. So good. Shout out um, to Tampa. If I'm going to get my burrito um, spot, I'm probably going to hit up. <sighs> this is always the age old question. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be uh, I'm be judging you based on your answer. I mean, because it's like, are you an El Parolito person or are you uh, La Mission? Like, yeah. I'm always, I'm always kind of, I was El Farolito for 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 many many moons. Um, so I might have to stick with El Farolito, but there's so there's so much good stuff right there. In I mean, and they're like right across the street from each other. Like you mm -hmm. can't 
Yes. Like you, you literally have if you if you and your homie don't like the same spot, you're like yelling at each other from across the street. What's up? You got to compromise. Like, all right, today is going to be me. Tomorrow will be you. Yeah. What's your What's your favorite taqueria? You know, it's now it's been um, Guadalajara and the Excelsior. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I check that you. one out. It's I fresh. see. It's it's kind of like a another one of those gems that people haven't really explored too much. Yeah. Got to try it out. Um, and your favorite park before we, we wrap up. I'm gonna go with Age Old Golden Gate Park because there's just so much in Golden Gate Park. Um, and I have so many memories there growing up, you know, whether it's um going on the little the little uh pond there and you know pedaling your own little boat, or if it's you know, riding around your bike through the park, there's museums there. I've done AIDS walk there, I've done mm um various different community events there and it's just a beautiful park in general and there's something for everybody in that park whether you got little kids big kids or you are a big kid um I act like a little kid <laughs> all, of it, all of it is there oh my god this has been great lady ray thank you really thank you for just taking the time you know i know you're busy you have fam we're all in covid but this has been a gem. It's really been a dream come true. When I thought about Real City Ambassadors, your name came to mind ASAP. So no, I appreciate, I appreciate that. Thank it. Thank you so much. I, 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 like I said, when you asked me to do this, I was like, what? <laughs> I, don't know, I, don't know a, I don't know if I'm an ambassador, but I'll take, I'll take it. I will take it. Thank you. You thank are you. an ambassador. Thank you so much. All right, people. Congratulations on the one year. You got a ways to go. You got ah, the, thank you. Yeah part you got you got a little more to go though i know i know we do and and congratulations to you too for your children you know and and, and your marriage and everything so every, you know we're all following and we're all rooting for you thank you i appreciate that we'll call it we'll call it a hasta luego no, peace